everyone and welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the play-by-play podcast hosted by myself, Jack McFarlane, and Nicholas Schlemmer. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we have a very exciting episode to bring you as we're going to be going over two different, distinctly different I should say, Gen Z trends that are new to 2023 and a very fun, lighthearted sports recap to round out the show. So yeah, it's going to be a great show today, so I said let's just jump right in. So starting off, we're going to be talking about major cities among Gen Z, mainly focused on towards how Gen Z is moving to different cities across the U.S. Yeah, so I think this is a very interesting topic, but just before we started, I'd like to say that all the data is gathered from the Census Bureau, um, and it takes into account Gen Z, Gen X, Millennials, and Baby Boomers. Yeah, and so some of the trends that we have here is that major metropolitan areas are seeing population losses for each generation except the Gen Z, which is kind of interesting, I think. And kind of the first or the five largest U.S. cities being New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, and Philadelphia all had net migration increases for our generation, Gen Z, Mm -hmm. versus all the other ones, while showing decreases in the millennials baby boomers and everything else yeah no i think it's really interesting doing the research for this it was pretty much every city except houston out of the ones that we we, that we researched had losses net losses since the start of 2023 to march of 2023 in every category except gen z Hmm. so yeah like so some of these like none of the top cities that the Gen Z is looking to move to are out west. Yeah. Which is really I found interesting. that interesting. Yeah. And kind of the most top five, I guess you could say, states that we are looking for are Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Arizona, and South Carolina. So we're covering a lot of those warmer regions is what I'm picking up. Yeah, a lot of the trend was down south or out east, but not really northeastern, like a lot of southeastern, a lot of warmer. And what I notice is that with Gen Z, most most other generations are looking for the small town, mm-hmm. the out in the middle of nowhere. But Gen Z is distinctly looking for a big city yep. with lots of job opportunity. Yep. And I think that's the driving factor behind what we're seeing in these trends is the job opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I noticed was that none of these states that we that we found are Midwest per se. Yeah, not the flyovers. Even the people leaving, none of them are looking to go to the Midwest. (laughs) That middle ground in the U.S. is just kind of a a no-go zone. Yeah, (laughs) and you know what? Say what you want about our flyover states, we love them. Oh, yeah. Maybe the trends need to, come on, kick it up to the Midwest here. Yeah, maybe the Midwest needs to kind of pick it up. I know you can't change the weather. Like, the weather is just... That's a different that's You know what? Diversity story. in weather. Yes. Diversity yes. in weather is what is our big draw. That's, You're going to have hot summers and cold winters. That's, you get the best of both. That's a great example. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're currently in Nebraska at our college, and the other day it was reaching 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. And we wake up the next morning. 40. It is 40. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only getting up to about 42 that day. Like it is just incredible how it changes. Yeah. So come on, trends. Come towards the Midwest, you know? Yes, yes. But kind of moving away from state-specific, back on the job opportunity, I did some little extra research into that just for a couple of the major cities. And like New York City, and New York obviously, 
has over 3 million job opportunities. I believe it was like 3.2. And then some of the other cities was, you know, DC, LA, and Chicago all had over 2 million job opportunities, not jobs that are currently being worked or that just in general, it's like jobs that you could get right now. Yeah, and, that, and, and is that covering like your entry job versus the people? That, I mean, it's it's all. It's, you know, entry yeah. job to high executive, yeah. working in a company, working on the street, you know, everything. Any, It's just classified as a job opportunity. Yeah, Jake, that was a very interesting point. And kind of based on what we researched in not necessarily just the Gen Z, but with everything else and other generations as well, the top 10 cities where people are looking to move. Cities like D.C., Columbia, South Carolina, Boston, Massachusetts, Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas. Yeah, and then rounding out the list, Nashville, Syracuse, New York, Philadelphia, Madison, Wisconsin, and Tampa, Florida. Now, what stands out to me in that list, if you're looking through, okay, you know, Austin, Nashville, Tampa, those are pretty warm. But then Madison, Wisconsin? Madison, yeah. That's pretty cold. Like <laughs> yeah. it kind that is the one city that I found that typically is going against the trend. Mm-hmm. All the other ones, you know, are on the east or down south except for Madison, and that was the only city in the north and um in the Midwest, in the Midwest again. that was growing based on these recent uh census bureau data that just came out. Hmm. Very very interesting that Madison is, is on the, that list. Yeah, and I think it also ties into with the job opportunities. Yeah, I guess they're really expanding. So now we're going to talk about just some examples from the start of 2023 until March of 2023. Mm-hmm. Kind of the each generation separated into its own yeah. gain and or net loss of yeah. population. Breaking down the numbers. Kind of breaking down the numbers. So we're just going to start off with L.A., Gen Z, we've seen like a, they've had a boost of Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Roughly like 1,300 more Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And then with the millennials, which is just a huge number compared to everything else on our list, they've seen a decrease in almost 11,000, 10,500 people leaving that area. So mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier yeah. on the show, they're not looking for that LA city life. LA city life may be a lot of a younger crowd. A little bit more hyped up, a lot louder, just something like that. With Gen X as well, we're also seeing a decrease, and with baby boomers. So it seems like the LA area in particular is really looking for that younger crowd, or it's attracting the younger crowd. And you know, I just had a thought off the top of my head with that. Do you think that has anything to do with social media? Because in some of the other cities, it's not as severe as LA losing, you know, 11,000 millennials, 8,800 baby boomers. Do you think it has anything to do with that influencer lifestyle or, you know, just wanting, you know, to get famous off social media at all? Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. I think it does. I think personally that LA, just the opportunities for social media out there, Mm -hmm. like, yes, you could do social media from absolutely anywhere, but just the people that already live there that already are influencers, just moving out there and then trying to join them, it would just it would only help. Yeah, that's so that's a good point. No, and then um, another city that actually goes against the trend of decreasing because of where it is is Houston. So they are seeing a bunch of Gen Zs. They've had a net gain of about three thousand um, in just Gen Z and millennials about twenty five hundred, and then Gen X about three hundred. Uh, those are all net gains. Baby boomers still on the decrease at negative yeah. 400 net loss. 
But I, I thought it was interesting. I think it really shows that, you know, the down south, that's where everyone's moving. Mm-hmm. Warm. They yeah. want warm. Yep. Yep. And then kind of going up to the east side of things, per se, with Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly is seeing a huge Gen Z huge increase of a net with about 6,300 more. Yeah. And everything else is almost in a decrease besides millennials. There's only a few millennials that are looking to, to mm-hmm. move out east with yeah. plus 400. Everything else is between minus 450 for the Gen X and the baby boomers, baby boomers, excuse me, was minus 3,300. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of was the trend in most cities. Like, I mean, we, we have Chicago on here as well, and that's another one where it's plus about 1,300 net gain for Gen Z, but then everything else is a net loss. I mean, millennials, yeah. you're, you're losing 15,000 millennials in three months as yeah. a net loss. I, I think what this data and what the top 10 list of the cities goes to show is that if you're looking for that younger talent, mm-hmm. if you're looking to hire people just getting into the workforce, then yeah. you need to go to these cities. Like you mm-hmm. might want to steer clear of a Chicago mm-hmm. and go down and look in Houston. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not, not, I like that point. Like for, for some of these new and upcoming businesses, yeah, they're going to be looking for those states where a lot of the Gen Z is, is graduating towards or moving towards. But for some of those companies that have just been set in stone for years and years, they have their solid workforce already and maybe not, don't have too many just entry-level jobs that Gen mm-hmm. Z may be looking for. They're probably fine to stay in those states where Gen Z is yeah. looking to go. What I think is going to happen is that you're going to see almost like way back you know in like industrial revolution where like detroit out of nowhere just became this massive city mm-hmm. i think you're going to start seeing that a lot down south where it's warmer mm-hmm. in the next you know 50 years when all of gen z is finally in the workforce i think you're going to see some cities like really really becoming massive like a new york style city but down south yeah definitely definitely I have one more trend for you guys This segment, country music historic rise. The rise that country music has seen, it has just hit historic highs. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of that, and the numbers do show this, is due to the rise of music streaming, not just in country music. But I mean, I've got some music streaming statistics here for you, Nick, and for our audience. Um, From... uh, 2020 to 2022, global music subscribers surged 26.4%, which, okay, that's a decent percent. What mm-hmm. is that actually number-wise? That's like 523 million more music subscribers. That's things like Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, Prime mm-hmm. Music, YouTube Music. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. It is blowing up out of nowhere. It's, it's becoming an industry at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, music streaming makes up 84% of music industry revenue. As a whole, not just the streaming revenue, but yeah. the the whole music the industry, eighty four percent revenue is made up from streaming services. Eighty two point one million Americans uh, say that they do pay for music mm-hmm. streaming, and I think we're both in that group, yeah. right? You have Spotify Premium, yeah. I have Apple Music, mm-hmm. and the number one reason for that is no ads. The ads. That no is where they get no. you. You can listen to free music like the radio, mm-hmm. or even on Spotify or yep. Pandora. But if you pay for it, you won't have any ads, you get any song you want, mm-hmm. and you can skip as many times as you want. Yep. And so I think 
due to these factors of uh, music streaming services, this is why country music has surged, especially in 2023 in the short, you know, four months that this year has been. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of going back to that ad point of how many people are paid subscribers, it just kind of, it's, it baffles me per se that it's, I know like if you follow on listening to the radio, it may be only 30, 45 seconds of commercials. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that just makes me so mad. It feels like forever. That, that last song ends, and then somebody else is just talking about whatever it may be. It's like, yeah. no, I want the next song. Yeah. So, I, people are willing to pay. A lot of them aren't too pricey, no, honestly, per month. Like Spotify, maybe like 10 to $15 a month, depending on what plan you have. Yeah, and then there's student plans and that are cheaper as well. Plans, yep. But like, like you said, having the ability to unlimited skips, you can play any song in your whole playlist without being told no, like you mm-hmm. have to just hit random. And then, yeah, like I said, like I said the ads. Yeah. Just- and I think with your point, I, I would predict that we're almost going to see the death of the radio just because mm-hmm. every car now has an aux cord or a charging cord that you yeah. can play music through your phone, through your mm-hmm. surround sound. And I mean, play any song you want, yeah. no ads, whenever you want, how many times you want. Mm-hmm. I think the radio is really going to be in trouble here. Mm-hmm. And kind of like moving on to the Bluetooth side there as well. You mentioned the aux cord, mm-hmm. like yeah, almost. I can't remember when the first car that had Bluetooth put into it, but it seems like at least around we are in the college town, everybody has some kind of Bluetooth speaker or it's in their car. Mm-hmm. And everybody listen wants to listen to a certain song at a certain time. Exactly. And like you said, that could be the death of the radio, the slow death. Like the radio, you can't do that. It's when no. the radio decides to play. Yeah, exactly. And then I mean, it, I got s- some statistics from the new Morgan Wallen album. You know, it's yeah. the biggest country album right now, and of the past couple of years, By it's far. only been out for a month, two months. Just yeah, a couple months. So it's blown away. I mean, this, talk about benefiting from streaming services when someone can just play your album over and over again. I mean, he, it's been number one on the album charts, not just in country, but on album charts for a month straight. Wow. Um, He's sold uh, over 500,000 units in the first week of the album coming out. Wow, it's like hardcovers of that. So, and, I mean, that's hardcovers, but that also includes digital albums or streaming services as well. This is where it all kind of ties in together and it makes, you know, a very popular artist, makes a new album, add in streaming services, blow up. Yep. I mean, it is absolutely historic the numbers this album is getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just crazy how his album has just blown up here recently, but I kind of want to take it back a step. Let's go before 2020. I just kind of want to talk about that country music used to thrive on the live music spaces, the country halls, the bars, and like I said, the tours that all the mm-hmm. artists go on. And this is before 2020. And before 2020, there wasn't, there was still music streaming services, mm-hmm. but it didn't have so much of an impact as they do now. And then I have some streaming data facts for you guys from 2019 to 2023. In 2019, the average country music stream, um, all songs included, was about 900,000. To now 2023, it's 2.3 million average streams for country music. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is a day, I would like to say, that 2.3 million average streams a day. Now, get it, that is 
everybody in the world on yeah. every streaming service but from 900,000 to 2.3 million in just four years yeah. if that doesn't show you how historic this rise is then I don't know what will yes yes it's incredible what we've seen here recently yeah and and just because streaming is so popular it is the number one there are other ways that people still listen to music mm -hmm. like and especially country music streaming number one is the most common mm -hmm. Radio slash video is at number two, which is still popular for now, but like we both predict, radio is going away. Mm -hmm. It will slowly decrease down this list. Um, and then this is interesting. So at number three is hardcover like albums. Yeah. Not CDs, but like vinyl albums. Uh -huh. So in 2019, sales were like 6.6%. Pretty low. It was the most uncommon way to listen to an album, especially a country album. Mm -hmm. That has gone up to 27.2%. So the rise of the vinyl is, maybe it's the nostalgia or the throwback of it, yeah. or owning the actual thing. That is coming back. Yeah. And that is interesting. I believe that will overtake radio. Maybe not in a couple years, but maybe in like a decade, mm -hmm. I think that will overtake radio. And then finally, CDs is the opposite. They were at 63%. And they've dropped to 43%, and it's, it's going down fast. It's going down fast. No one is buying CDs. No one is mm -hmm. listening to CDs. They have taken CD players out of cars. Yep. You can't buy a CD player anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's going away. Yeah, and the, the CD and the radio kind of goes hand in hand when you think about it. Because if you have a CD player, chances are it has the radio capability. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going we're gonna to kind of see like a, I don't know if a, trend there would be but yeah it would be a trend because the cds and the radio slowly yeah, going, going down. down as vinyls and streaming is going as, up yeah and and on the vinyl thing that totally makes sense because just like in my buddies here at school almost every one of them wanted to go out and buy a vinyl like a record player yeah just and i have one i actually do have one and like nowadays the artists for like the cover of the albums they're making them like Cover art is a really big deal. Yes. Like, if your album just looks cool, people are... They'll Going just buy it. it. Not even to just listen to it. Just to have it. To display yeah. it on the wall. And the artists know this. And, I mean, that's why they're doing it. You see, I've seen some crazy, crazy album covers. And you're like, but that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Then you look at the vinyl, and it's like, I want to hang that on my wall. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a whole nother level of sales. Yeah. Yeah, and... And we've been talking about country music here for a little bit, but country music, as we mentioned before, it still is behind your hip hop, mm -hmm. your rap, your your pop. Those those three genres will probably always be the top three, I would think. I would have to disagree okay. because I think we're gonna see rock slowly drop. And I love you know rock metal music. I love. I, I'm a big fan, Metallica, mm -hmm. Van Halen, I love yeah. it. But I feel like most people our age don't. And so right now, rock is, I believe, number two or three. Country sitting at four of the most popular music in America, genre, music in America, genre. Mm -hmm. And rock's at number two or three. I think that's going to slowly drop off. I really okay. do. And so I think it's going to be hip-hop, pop, and then country. And then country. I'd say give it, you know, 30 years, mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to see. That's my bold prediction. That's Hot take. No, that, 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 that could be a good prediction because something else that, that we came up with here was the, um, the rise of popularity with the social media. Yes. So like you said, rock, we may see it kind of decline out of that three mm -hmm. spot and country move into that three spot because of what social media can do to a song. 
yes. to a genre. Yes, so media. true. I mean, you go on any social media and you watch a video, what are the three type of genres you're gonna hear? You're gonna yeah. hear a hip hop song, a pop song, mm -hmm. or a country song. That's very You true. will not <laughs> hear a rock song. It is very slim. Unless it is a Stranger Things video with Master of Puppets. That's the only time that I can actually think of hearing like rock music on social media. And so, like you said, I think that has played the second biggest role in country's rise of popularity. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last thing that I think has helped, and I like to think of Nelly. You know, you think of Nelly. He's, you know, hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, country grammar. Like, yep. you know, he, he likes country music, but he's a hip hop artist. Yeah. Him and what a lot of other people are doing, are they're taking hip hop artists and collaborating, collaborating with country artists. With country artists, yeah. It makes for like a new style of song. It really is. And a lot of them, I'd say, is actually pretty... Like, I'm a they're, fan. They're fun. They're more upbeat. Some yeah. of your country songs are just kind of like guitar, band, yeah. like not necessarily banjo, but just a slower pace. Yeah. And then you bring in that hip-hop artist to like add some spice to it. Yeah. And it just completely revamps the song. Yeah, it's not like... It's it's not just country music. There's more levels mm -hmm. to it now. It's, yeah. you know, the pop country, hip-hop country, classic country. Yeah, yeah. And I think Nelly, everyone should go listen to it. We love Nelly. We're from St. Louis, but he's got a pretty good... It's like a hip-hop country album mm -hmm. with a lot of top country artists. But yeah. I think those are like the major things impacting country music. All right, guys, we're going to jump into the final segment here today. I know we're both excited for it. It's going to be lighthearted. It's going to be fun. We're doing a little bit of a sports review. Yep. We're going to be going over to start our college basketball predictions from two episodes ago. Yep. So if you want to kick us off, what did yours look like? So, yeah, so my, my top four teams for our match, March Madness brackets, I had Kansas, Alabama, Miami, and Houston. Those are the teams that I just kind of want mm -hmm. to watch out for. Sadly, only one of those teams really made a run. A lot of the big-name schools, particularly Kansas, was out very early. early. They lost to a 16 seed in, I believe it was Fairleigh Dickerson. Yeah. They lost to a 16 seed. A notable thing here, my Alabama, so for anybody who didn't know, I had Alabama winning their um, conference tournament. Mm -hmm. Jack had Texas A&M. Yep, this is the SEC. And this is SEC. And sure enough, Alabama <laughs> beats Texas A&M for the... Now, they both made it to the... To the uh, championship game. The championship game, but Alabama came up. You got me there. You <laughs> did. But yeah. I would like to say, in the Big 12, I picked Texas to win, and you picked Kansas. Picked and Kansas. who played in the championship game? Well, yeah. sure enough, Texas and Kansas. And who won by 20-plus points? Yeah. Texas. Hook them horns. <laughs> Yeah. We're not going to talk about the March Madness with Miami here, yeah. even though I'm sure you want to. No, really go for to. it. Go yes. for it. So as I said, Miami was one of my four teams, and I had my Miami going all the way. Yep. And they made a run to the final four, but sadly, UConn was just a scoring They couldn't be stopped. They beat every team from round 64 all the way to the championship game by over 15 points. Yeah, it was... It was ridiculous, but I mean, what my heartbreak, March Madness, came at the hands of your Miami, because I had Texas <laughs> winning had it Texas, all. Yep. I was, you know, I watched all the games. I was hyped for Texas. I thought, there's no way. We go into the Miami game in the Elite Eight. We're winning through halftime, mm -hmm. all the way up until about 10 minutes left, and then yep. Miami 
It's like, ah, uh, we're going to break your heart. Miami decided <laughs> to turn turn on the Jets in the fourth quarter. So again. I have to give the, the March Madness round to you as your, your number one team made it, beat my number one team and made yeah. it farther. Yeah. So March Madness goes to you. Yeah. But I'm giving myself the conference championships because I went three for five out of our predictions. Yeah. I had you the Big Ten. I picked Purdue in the Big Ten. I lost the SEC. Yeah. I also picked the Pac-12. We both picked the Pac-12, to be fair, with Arizona. And then we both lost the ACC. Yeah. I had NC State. That was a bust. Yeah. We should have known Duke. I mean, how do we go against Duke? Yeah. They're, they're the grandfather yeah. of the ACC. They're always just good. Yeah. It doesn't matter their seating. They're going to win it. And so we tried. We tried to predict something else. but Yeah. And changing sports. This week is... The biggest week, best for the, week for the golf nation worldwide. Oh the yeah, Masters. The Masters week, as everybody likes to call it. Yeah, it is the most fun week. Mm-hmm. It's almost like March Madness. It's kind of it with is. a feeling like you're gonna watch the Masters Thursday through Sunday. Yep. Whether you're in class, out golfing, do whatever you're doing, you're going to be watching it. It is mm-hmm. just, it's the most fun tournament in golf. It is. We see. The biggest name players from from now multiple different tournaments. Yeah, PGA and Live. PGA Live, and also some amateur tournaments as well. Yep, all like the, the amateur winners Tour and stuff like that. And a notable, a notable topic, or a notable person from the amateur tour, Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. He is what is what he was six under. So he was four under yesterday four under. and did it again today. So he is an amateur, which means. He is not a professional yet. He does not have so professional status yet. He is a college kid, goes to A&M, won the U.S. Amateur Open, which is a tournament of college kids, and that's how he qualified for the Masters. Mm-hmm. So they're not supposed to do very good. They're supposed to get last. He is now in third place. He is now in third place. <laughs> he's now third place after two days. He's in third place, and he's playing with the world number one golfer in his, uh, in his tee time. Yeah, he, had, he played with John Rahm. And Scotty, and Scotty, who, I mean, he, it's just insane what he's doing. Number, I mean, your leaderboards here is Brooks Koepka at 12 under. He just won a live tour. He's playing good golf. Then you have the world number two or three in John Rahm at nine under. And then you have Sam Bennett, the amateur, at eight under for solo third after two rounds. Which it's unprecedented. It's like tiger level of crazy mm-hmm. what we're seeing. Uh huh. Because especially in the Masters, just from what we have seen in the past, that if you're not for one under par, but if you're not on that leaderboard, even after the first day, but definitely the second day, your run is is probably open. yeah. You're hoping you're, you're for thirtieth. Your shot for being on that leaderboard, top ten, huge prize pool, is probably out of mm-hmm. order. Yeah. I mean, uh, wh- who do you think, based on, you know, we're two rounds in, two rounds to go, mm-hmm. half the field is now gone, who do you think is going to win it all, if you had to pick right now? So, I haven't watched anything today, sadly, which is the round two, which is today. Mm-hmm. I still like Jordan Spieth. I believe he is still in it. Is he let, still me, in it? Um, let me double check for you. He is. He is tied for six. Okay. He is five under. Today, he went two under. Today, yep. So, he's still in so it. So, he is my favorite to win it. Mm-hmm. That I think that he's always Spieth is impressive. He's a very impressive player. Yeah, and it's worth noting that you might think well, he's five under, but Brooks Koepka's twelve under. 
Well, I mean, look at Rory. He went five over today. Mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka could easily go five over tomorrow. Yeah. Like it is, it is close. If you're in the top twenty, even mm-hmm. you have a chance. If you're under par, you have a chance. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that pick of Spieth. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a and solid as, pick. And as most of us know, all it takes is one hole mm-hmm. to just mess up that scorecard in that round, to where you could go from a first place down to like tenth place in yeah. a matter of one hole. And I gotta say, I. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Brooks Kepka, so maybe I'm a little biased, but he has an awful mental golf game because when, it's, when, when he's on, he's on. He's on top of the world. Mm-hmm. But the second he makes a mistake, it's over. He will not forget it. And mm-hmm. you, you'll, you'll watch. Watch him make a mistake and then watch the scorecard the rest of the round. It gets mm-hmm. worse and worse. So I don't think he's going to win. Yeah. I don't think he's going to win. My prediction is Colin Morikawa. Okay. Coming into it, it was Scotty. Scotty's kind of fallen out of it a little bit. He's only one under. But mm-hmm. I think Han Morikow was doing good. He's tied for fourth at six under, so just yeah. ahead of speed. Yeah. He was a world number one. He's in the top five. Yes. After watching full swing, watching what he does to prepare in his practice, I mean, it shows it's out on the of, golf course. It's kind of incredible. I think he's got it. Mm-hmm. Or Sam Bennett, though. Go Sam Bennett. We're both rooting yeah. for him. That'd yeah. be awesome. That would be insane to see, to see him win the whole thing. Yep, Jack, we've had a great show today, but little do you know, Nick put together a surprise. Oh my gosh, no way. (laughs) As you all know, we love to do the game time, and I'm always the player. Oh my gosh. But today we are flipping the roles. I have game time for Jack now. He did not this is out of left this field. Today. This is way out of left field. Oh, I'm excited. I really did not know. I can't stress this. I thought we were just about done. Hold your, hold your horses. Let's do it. Yeah. What are we doing? So we've done this game in the past where Jack has given me just random items that have sold at auction or anything oh, like that. No. And you have to guess the price. You have okay. to within a certain range. I have 10 of them listed. Okay. So let's, what, what are you shooting for? Out of 10, oh. out of 10 what are you shooting for? Out of ten, and these kind of very like random things. All right, I mean, varied. this is all I've set up this game before. It's a hard game. It, it's I, a hard I game. Do not do very well at this game. I'm gonna <laughs> aim for five out of ten. Five out of fifty <laughs> percent is the aiming point. You know, this is the test, and I didn't study. So yep. there we go. <laughs> so let's see how Jack can do. All right, so we have the very first Superman comic. The original. Oh, gosh. Okay. What do you think is sold? Okay, so I know that comics are very collectible, so they can really get up there yes. in price. Now, that being said, I don't know what getting up there in price for a comic is. I'm just going to go, first number that comes to mind, $25,000. $25,000. I would hate to say it, but you are way out of the ball. Oh, no. The first Superman <laughs> comic was... Three point two million. Oh my gosh! Three point two million. Two million for a comic. Yep, it was sold at auction for three point two. Wow. So sadly, zero for one. I think I need a mulligan on that one. Oh wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're not out of it. First hole blooper. Here we go. Next one. This one's interesting, and you may not know who this is. His name is Roger Bannister. Mm-hmm. What he is known for is he ran the four minute mile. Okay, yeah, I so I do know who you're talking so about. So these are those shoes that he oh. wore. These are the shoes <laughs> okay. that he wore. To okay. Run the four minute mile. Four minute mile shoes. These are very important. These are this is history. Mm-hmm. History in the shoes. Okay. Now I'm scared after the comic. <laughs> Three million. Okay, it cannot be in and the And like I said, the prices range from 
really high. I mean, they're all high. But yeah. Millions I know it's to thousands. Okay. Okay. Oh, shoes. This is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with around kind of what I just guessed. I'm going to guess 15,000 for the shoes. 15,000. These sold for $411,000. Oh. <laughs> $411,000. $411,000? Yes, for his shoes. Wow. Now, do you think they wear them? Do you think that person wears the shoes? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Okay. All right. Still, All right. So still, still playing out of bounds. Out of bounds on that still one. We're good. Game. All right. So this one's very. This is another interesting one. It is a baseball. Okay. This was sold in 2006, so mm-hmm. a little bit older. It was signed by Joe DiMaggio. Okay. And Marilyn Monroe. Holy. <laughs> two. Okay. Totally this is going to be expensive. Two totally different. People. Well, you know what they said about them too. I think. Yep. So, <laughs> and this was back expensive. in 2006. So okay. Take that into. Okay. All right. I have a better idea. I'm going to be closer on this, hopefully. I'm going to go with 1.3 million. It actually only sold for $191,000. Oh my gosh. How much did that baseball with the whole Yankees go for? Oh, that, that one was, was expensive. That was That's what I was thinking that of. Like, it's got to be around that. Guys, mm-hmm. this is not going good. <laughs> All right, over three. Here we go. All right, so the this is the original pair of the Nike Air Mag shoes from Back to the oh, Future. Okay, I got it. I, well, no, I actually don't know. So I remember. I'll give you a hint. This one's in the thousands. Yes, I think I do know this one. I have heard this before. Hopefully, I'm right. So they've they've since recreated the shoe, mm-hmm. but this one is the back the original. In the day, what it sold for. So it is in the thousands now. I, I'm I'm definitely thinking of a price, but I don't know if it's the remade shoe or the original. Mm-hmm. I'm going twenty thousand. I'll give it to you. They came in at thirty-seven. Oh, let's 30, go. They sold back. I can't. I don't remember the exact year, mm-hmm. but back then it was thirty-seven thousand. Okay. Shortly after the movie. All was right. Finished. All right. That feels good to get one on the board. <laughs> yeah. One for four. One Here we go, four. guys. All right, number five. The chair that J.K. Rowling sat in as she wrote oh. the first two Harry Potter books. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now we're we talking. Is it a folding chair? We'll have a chair. It is just a wooden chair oh. that kind of has her name and some engravings on it. Oh, that's they, gonna be way sold more back in 2016. Okay, 2016. Now Harry Potter's huge. Harry Potter is people big. love Harry Potter. Oh my gosh! I mean. That's, a, that's a, a lot of history. I'll give you a hint again. It's in the thousands. It's in the thousands. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of history. And now that There's could some... be like low thousands or mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go $432,000. I'll give it to you. 394000 Let's go. We're heating up. We're heating up. That's pretty close. Was that two for five? Yeah, here we go. We're, we're, we're on it. Two in a row is what I like to think of. But... Okay, so this one is... This really struck my attention. So it is a once living, a full size tiger shark. <laughs> Body and all, it's not just the skeleton, but it's been preserved in some form of like a gel thing. Yeah. Inside of just a clear display case. So, so it, is, it is like you just picked up a shark out of the ocean and put it in a display case. Wow. Somebody bought that. Now that is a flex. <laughs> That is something that says, hey, I'm rich. Yep. Okay, this is going to be very expensive. A yep. whole, okay. Okay, because I'm thinking, you got to catch it, then you got to preserve it yep. and store it. I mean, the container alone, I mean, it's huge. And like I said, it's not just a skeleton. It's Yes, yeah, it's the whole everything. thing. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to guess 1.15 million. 
Eight million. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Eight million. Eight million? Yes. For a shark? Eight million for a shark. Someone take me fishing. <laughs> We're gonna get rich. <laughs> Eight million, wow. Two for six. Yep. Okay. Alright, so this one's a fun one. The original Hollywood sign. Oh my god. This actually it was interesting. It said it sold on eBay. It sold on eBay. So I guess somebody bought it and sold it again. But the on eBay. Okay. letters of the Hollywood sign. Wow, okay, so first off, I mean this is iconic. It's it was sat on the side of a mountain. <laughs> These are huge letters. Yeah. This is not gonna be cheap at all. This is not gonna be cheap. It oh I mean I'm trying to think. Per letter I think one letter would sell for a million. I'm gonna go ah I'm gonna go five point three nine million. So it actually only sold for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh that hurts the soul to hear. Four hundred and fifty thousand, but the shark sold for eight million. The shark sold for eight million. Guys, what are we doing? I should have known it was sold on eBay, not at an actual auction. Oh, we got to get back in the fairway. Yep. So this one's fun. It is a baseball card when it's of Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> it, it, was whenever, it was whenever he was a child. Like I've seen this. Two or on, three years old. Oh. And it's, okay. signed, it's signed by him, and it's sold in 2022. So I did hear about this. I don't remember the price, though, but it is. Oh. Okay. Think. Baseball card. I'm a baseball card collector. I know these cards get expensive. And it's Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, it's, it'd be a joke he card. Was a child holding a baseball bat. A little t-ball picture. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go eight hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. It only came in at a hundred and five. Guys, guys, <laughs> this is not going great. Oh my goodness! If I remember correctly, I think you're at what two? I have two. Two. I, I have think two. I had more than two, didn't I? Did I? I, I think you had four. If I was yeah, remembering, it wasn't good. I mean, doing better than me. You know, I can turn it around. There's what, two, to two go. more. I can tie you. Here we go. Here We're we going go. for the tie. So this is Buzz Aldrin's mm-hmm. his white moon jacket. Oh no. Okay, this is okay. All right. Not like his spacesuit. I guess it just would be like underneath the, it. Yeah. Just his okay. white moon jacket that he would wear. Okay. So, I mean, this talk about history and a piece mm-hmm. of clothing. No, I want to go with my instinct, but that has been so wrong today. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go opposite of my instinct and go cheaper than I think, and I'm gonna go eight hundred twelve thousand dollars. It was actually two point seven million. Oh. Two point seven million. It sold. Dang! I was thinking. My original thought was like one seven five, mm-hmm. but. Oh. All right. Okay, I got to get the last one. Last we got to end on high note. And this one you may have seen before. Okay. So this is back in 2016, what somebody paid to have lunch with Warren Buffett. Oh, no. Shout out, Warren Buffett, alumni, <laughs> yep. Nebraska. Um, please so this, this give me some money. This is what somebody actually paid to sit down and have lunch with him at a steakhouse. Wow. <clears throat> Not no. the price of the dinner. No. Just to have Hopefully Warren covered the dinner. <laughs> yeah, but just to have uh, lunch. Okay, this is going to be expensive, even though I feel like maybe Warren should have to pay for the person because <laughs> he's got unlimited money. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my, wow. Wow. Lunch at a steakhouse with Warren Buffett. Oh, this is tough. I want to think it's it's got to be fairly expensive, but it can't be that expensive because if you had... Like millions and millions, you might just know him and get to go to lunch with him. So I'm gonna go. 
Somebody paid three and a half million to eat lunch with Warren Buffett. Okay, if you have enough money to pay three million to go to lunch with Warren Buffett, you have enough money to reach out to him and be like, "Hey, do you want to have lunch? Yes. What are you doing? Yes. What are yes. you doing? You know, you know what they're doing? They're making me look bad. That's what they're doing. Oh no! So we came in. Poor performance. Two for two for, <laughs> two for ten. <laughs> Poor performance. <laughs> You know, he may have failed the test, but that's all right. I've failed every one of my game times so far yeah. as well. All right. Wow. Okay. That was so much fun, but though. I just kind of Truly caught me off guard. There. Wow. Next time, I'm going to do better. <laughs> now we have something to build upon. Yeah, definitely. And then, guys, as Jack has mentioned before we did the game time, the quote of the show. This one is from the world-renowned author and speaker, Tony Robbins. You should. I think you would know mm-hmm. who he is. Yes. He said, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. Yeah. Very good quote. That is a very good quote. And, and guys, that has been the Play by Play Cop podcast. Glad you guys tuned in today. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. It was a little bit of a longer episode, yeah. but we hope you guys had some fun. I know we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you if you stayed all the way to the end. Yes. Thank you very, very much. We hope you guys have a great day. Yep. And bye for now.